You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord Jesus, we gather on this Labor Day weekend, this time when we celebrate the work of those who sustain us in this life. And we gather to praise you for your work in freeing us from the power of sin and evil and death. Lord, you freed us from death by your resurrection and death upon the cross. And you have taught us the way of life by your words. Grant us a right understanding of all that we hear And more than this, a will to conform our lives to that understanding. And this we ask in your precious name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Amen. So I owe the insight I'm going to start my sermon with today to a comedian. Uh, I wish I could remember his name because I would like to give him credit, but he was talking about the fact that he's a, you know, he's a stand-up comic and he does things in front of people. And one of the things he started to realize as he traveled all around the world doing his job was that whenever people wanted to curse, they would, in, you, in using God's name, if they wanted to swear, they would, it was always the God of Israel or Jesus who came in for punishment. You never stub your toe and bring in some other holy character. You never see someone kind of walking along and go, Oh, Buddha! Buddha, 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 Buddha. Ah. Zeus! Ah. Oh, Isis, that hurt. <laughs> People just don't do that. <laughs> now, part of this is because we're a post-Christian culture, and as Flannery O'Connor said uh, famously, the great author, she said that, you know, America is a, has a Christ-haunted culture. And so there's a lingering sense that the name of Jesus brings with it more power and freight in the moment than Zeus or Isis or anyone else. Now, that kind of swearing is related to the kind of swearing that Jesus is talking about in our passage from the Sermon on the Mount today. Because what happens is that the reason why you invoke the name of God, usually blasphemously in a moment like that, is because of the particular emotional fervency of the moment. You really want to draw attention to what's going on or express anger or resentment or grief in that moment. Um, And that's exactly why people invoked God's name at the time they made an oath. They wanted to draw attention to the fact that they're really being serious at this moment when they promise to do X or Y or Z. Now in a world, unlike the modern world, where we tend to think, we we might honestly believe in spiritual things, but we sort of 
think that eventually that's all coming at the end of time and that you know we stand for the judgment then and all that stuff. But we don't tend to think of moment-to-moment -moment life as impregnated and with spiritual import. People in the ancient world largely saw the world as a spiritual battlefield that was going on. And the stakes were life or death. So you called upon a power to witness what it was that the particular promise you were making. And in doing that, you were not only expressing fealty to that power, you were empowering that power. Whether it be God, or heaven, or the earth you lived on, the capital city or the king. Essentially, you were empowering them to punish you if you failed to keep your vow. You were also drawing everyone else's attention to the fact that in this moment, I am really, really serious about what I say. I know I've said I'd do things before, but now I'm serious. And this one I'm really going to do. And that, that is what Jesus is speaking against in our passage from the Sermon on the Mount today. See, Jesus, we've got to remember, just like with the other antitheses on anger and lust and divorce, Jesus isn't laying out a new law for us to follow. He's giving us a sermon example of what the kind of life he's calling us to would look like when acted out. Jesus is calling us to be the kind of people who never need to draw special attention to ourselves when we really intend to fulfill our vows because he wants us to become people who always fulfill our word without surrounding it with special ceremonies but rather that we're always going to be the kind of person who does our best to do what we say we're going to do. This is why Christian, Christian cultures have always had special moments like the inauguration of a president or the swearing-in of a soldier or a policeman or a pastor or having, making wedding vows. There are always moments when there are formal giving of promises and Christians have never abandoned that because of Jesus' words because we understood he was giving us a sermon example. Now, what is he really calling us to? Well, I just got to perform a wonderful a wedding for a wonderful young couple in our congregation on uh, yesterday, in fact. So I had to drive down towards Harrisburg twice, once for the rehearsal and once for the thing. And as I was driving, there's a billboard. And it said, something new in car financing. Transparency. Jesus is calling us to be transparent people. This is a buzzword in managerial circles and things like this. We want our leaders to be transparent and we want them to lead organizations that are transparent. We want them to be as good as their word and we want the organizations they lead, we want to be able to say, hey, with that organization, what you see is what you get. But of course, we largely don't expect that in our fallen world from our organizations or our politicians or anyone else. And this is a cause of not just frustration, but great pain and righteous anger in our communities. But largely that's because we have fallen away from the ideal of Jesus. Now, we, people have always fallen short from the ideal of Jesus and what he teaches. But now we're purposely putting it aside and saying we can come up with better ways than what Jesus came up with. Better ways than this transparency stuff. And I'm going to give you an example of that. The late Ravi Zacharias, who just passed away a couple of months ago, 
He was a world-renowned preacher, 40 years of being out in front of people and traveling all over the world. This is the kind of person who was invited to speak with Yasser Arafat about the Christian faith. So he was a prominent leader. And um, does anybody remember the Enron scandal of a couple years ago? This giant corporation had been cooking the books and because of that, thousands and thousands and thousands of people lost their retirements and their savings and all kind of... It was a horrible, horrible thing. Well, one of the major news outlets called Mr. Zacharias to ask him for it, the perspective of a famous preacher on the scandal. And um, I always admired this about him. He learned well from Jesus how to, how to answer a question. He answered it with another question. <laughs> and so he said to the journalist who called him, he said, well, Frit, let, me, uh, you know, let me ask you a question. Did you go to one of the more famous journalism schools? You're employed by one of the greatest newspapers of our time. Did you go to Columbia or Princeton or Chicago? Oh, yes, I did. When you were there, did you take a class where they taught you that morality was basically whatever you wanted it to be and that we had the power to define our own morality? Oh, yeah, yeah, we had classes like that. Was it just journalists who took that class? Oh, no, lots of people took that class. Oh. So if a business person took that class and then went out and led a business such that you couldn't tell when they were lying and when they were telling the truth because they were making it up as they went along, why do you blame them for that? We say we want to create our own morality, but then we're affronted when anyone creates morality that doesn't agree with our own. That's the exact opposite from what Jesus is calling us to become. Jesus is calling us to grow more and more into the likeness of God. In Isaiah 55, 11, God says, I send my word out from me like the rain and the snow. And like the rain and the snow, it doesn't return to me without fulfilling the purpose for which I sent it. God wants us in every interaction, from the smallest interaction with a tiny child through the biggest interactions we do in our place of business or with our friends, in our church, in our community, to be people who can be trusted to always do their best to fulfill what it is they said they would do. And this is the turn in Jesus' teaching. No one would have been surprised at what he said this morning when he says, don't swear by God, don't swear by heaven, don't swear by the earth, don't swear by the capital city, don't swear by the king. And then he says, and then don't swear by the hairs on your head. Who does that? I swear by the hair on my head. Some of us can't increasingly. He's saying, don't swear by anything you can't control. What you can control is whether you keep your word. God has kept his word to us. He promised Abraham in the book of Genesis that he would fulfill both halves of the covenant if Abraham failed his. And in the person of Jesus Christ, that's exactly what he did. When we failed to uphold the covenant God had made with his people, God came and saved us bearing the burden of death that was the wages of our sin. He has kept his word to us. Now, he's calling us to become more like him. 
And always keep our word to one another. Not just when we surround it with special promise words. But let our yes be yes and our no be no. I, uh, I remember a conversation I had a couple of churches back um, with a wonderful lady who came up to me and said, uh, well, you know, Brett, my child isn't going to be at youth group Sunday night. I said, oh, oh, okay, what, is something wrong? She said, oh, no, no, they didn't get their homework done. And I always tell them, if they don't get their homework done, well, you know, they're not going to youth group. And I usually let them go anyway, because they never get their homework done. But for some reason, she decided to mouth off at me Friday and said, Mom, you always say that and you always let me go. So then I had to kind of lower the hammer on her. I said, okay, I understand and I back you up. I said, but let's, let's talk for a minute. I'm more concerned that your child doesn't think they can trust you, that you're not a person of your word, than that they're not going to be at youth group on Sunday night. I hope they get their homework done next week. But they need to know that the boundaries you're setting for them, you're serious about every time you do it. Um, not because I'm a perfect father and have never done the same thing, but because that's what we're trying to grow to, grow toward, being more and more in every interaction exactly who we are before the face of God. This is a wonderful way that Jesus is teaching us to live. And it will allow us to be transparent to his purposes and allow us to influence the people around us and the organizations that we have leadership roles and influence in to become transparent to. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, we know we have often failed to be transparent, that we've drawn attention to ourselves with promises made ostentatiously in the hopes that someone will notice and that our motives will be above suspicion. Help us, Lord, to always, always, always speak in a way that proceeds from our true motives. And may our true motives be crafted by you that we might honestly speak, honestly answer, and in everything be truly people of our word, as you are a God of your word, and so save us. This we ask in the precious name of him who is the word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light.